Sacktown Sports. Headlines. Good afternoon, Sacramento. My name is Kyle Ledbetter, and these are your Sacktown Sports headlines. The Sacramento Kings were up 17 points on their way to their first preseason victory Wednesday in San Francisco before Steph Curry happened. Curry, eight seconds to go, puts it on the floor, stops, launches, scores the three-pointer, 116-115. Curry had 15 fourth-quarter points, including the game-winning three-pointer that you just heard, with five seconds left to play. In the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces defeated the New York Liberty 70-69 last night to secure the 2023 WNBA championship. Asia Wilson won finals MVP after posting an absurd 24 points and 16 rebounds in Game 4. Sacramento State football is back at home this Saturday night for a nationally televised primetime game versus the Montana State Bobcats. Kickoff is at at 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. Those are your headlines. Let's return to more of Styles and Watkins right here on Sacktown Sports. Your home for Kings basketball for over 25 seasons. Sacktown Sports. We're back. Sacktown Sports, Styles and Watkins, preseason show numero uno as we get you ready for the regular season of the Kings and the regular season of this show premiering October 26th on Thursday, going over whatever happens with the Kings and the Jazz and getting you ready for the home opener. Hopefully when the Kings light the first beam, Allen Styles and Chris That'll be the Watkins. second beam. They're going to light the beam on, on Wednesday as well. Let's not forget. I forget they, they light the beam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. Home, road, as uh, long as it's a win. International. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they play overseas, <laughs> as long as it's regular the season, London they'll count games, it. Yeah, they've right? made a clear regular season only, but it'll be always, the, hopefully the second time. Always lighten the beam, and we might yeah. even get a little mini beam in here. We should. Because we, really we are should. the flagship. We really should. Actually. We are where you can hear every single yeah, Kings good. game. Styles and Watkins taking you up until 2 p.m. And here's the thing, Chris. I, I'm up? just Look, I'm just going to say this to you okay. as somebody who does not care about the preseason. Yes, sir. I'm just going to read things to you. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you have the Kings losing to the Raptors. Yeah, I remember Right? To start off the preseason. Yeah. They then lose to the Lakers. Mm -hmm. And let's see who played. I'm assuming, yeah, no. Yeah, everybody everybody played for the Kings, but no LeBron. Yep. No Anthony Davis. No, 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 no. You you didn't even get Austin Reeves. Nope, didn't get Vanderbilt either. No Vanderbilt. Okay, so you got that going on. Yeah. D'Lo had a great game. Then you get the Warriors yeah, without Steph yep. and without CP3 yep. and without Draymond. Yeah, yeah. You lost. Yeah, we took him to overtime, though. Took him to overtime. Yeah. But another L. And then this last game last night where you had it in your had it in your grasp, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, Steph yeah. Curry did play. Yep. CP3 did play. Draymond did not. And Kevon Looney yeah. did not. Yeah, yeah. As the Kings played every everybody beside with Trey Lyles. Trey and, Lyles, and that was it. Yeah. And Duarte. Duarte and Duarte, had, which is injury. turning out to be a really big deal yep. these days. And you lost again. <laughs> yep. So I'm not the best at math. I'm not okay. a mathematician, but yeah, me either. you have not won a game. The Kings are winless. Yeah, that's correct. They're winless in the preseason. Are you worried at all? Any part of your bones, no. any part of your being Sorry, worried? 
go ahead and get that question out first. Sorry, that's my bad. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm uh, zero, zero percent concerned uh, about preseason results. I'm just not. I mean, it's the Kings went five and zero in the preseason last year. Mm-hmm. Started off the season zero and four. Now, of course, they bounced back, but that that clearly tells you that leading into the like those five games, clearly he had no indication mm-hmm. of how the Kings were going to come out to start that season. Right. Season before that, even Kings go five and zero in the preseason, and are just have another king season they finished 30 and 52 so that tells me that success in the preseason clearly doesn't translate to anything tangible for the regular season or how you're going to start the season so why should i think that postseason or that preseason failure necessarily means that you're going to be a failure in the regular season i think it's just i i don't see i think that it's going to be very similar to in the regular season kings didn't play any defense at all like none at all Mm -hmm. Postseason starts, you see them flip a switch, and all of a sudden, it looks like they could have been a great defense or a good defensive team all year long. I think it's going to be a similar switch flipped with preseason and regular season. I think just in terms of how it's going to look, I think the Kings are going to actually run an offense for forty-eight minutes. They're not doing that right now. They're workshopping things, and the rotations aren't the same either. Like I think yesterday is about as close to real rotations as we're going to get, but. Even then, like you know, we didn't get Duarte, we didn't get to see Duarte because mm-hmm. of injury. Trey Lyles was injured yesterday. He's going to be a part of the rotation. I, I just I can't take much from it. I'm sorry. I I I think that you can take individual performances mm-hmm. and you can glean things from it. We can see that Keegan Murray has clearly expanded his game. That's not something that's only in the preseason. That's going to somewhat translate to the regular season. But in terms of results, no, I'm not. I'm not worried. Is is it a sign potentially of maybe some things to come? Will the Kings maybe have, like we talked about earlier, do they have a problem of only having one closer with De'Aaron Fox and mm-hmm. that's going to lead to some blown leads late in the game? Maybe. Maybe that's a sign of things to come. But I don't think that that's the – I don't think seeing that yesterday should instill fear that every time the Kings are going to be in a, a tight situation at the end of the game, we should look back to that preseason game and say, see – that that's the sign that they can't do it. I, I didn't see anything, anything so far in this preseason that has had me absolutely shook that the Kings aren't going to meet expectations this year, except for Sasha. Sasha, I will admit, has been a little worrisome so far. But I don't know how you could say Sasha is more worrisome than Herder and Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. I think it's more just we've seen those guys perform at an NBA level, mm-hmm. and Sasha – Right now, it doesn't even look like, at the moment, it doesn't look like it's clicking at all. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it seems as if the game isn't necessarily too fast for him, but we just haven't seen him be able to put his stamp on a game yet, with the yeah. exception, I believe, the first preseason game. He came out and played pretty well, hit some shots. But besides that, I mean, he, he just hasn't really looked like a – somebody you would want in the rotation. Like, I at least know that Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes know how to get, even if Kevin Herter's not hitting his three, he did a great job in the postseason of still getting some floaters, getting to the line. Last night, he right. still had 12 points. Mm-hmm. He only hit one three. They can do other things. Sasha, it's like, if he's not figuring out his shot, which is already, or how, where to get his right. shots, which is concerning, he's definitely not giving you anything on the defensive end. 
He's an undersized four or an undersized center, I guess, and not really an excellent rebounder. He rebounded pretty well yesterday, but he's just not really providing you other things. And so that's why I'm a little bit more concerned about Sasha. I wouldn't say I am concerned, but I'm more concerned about Sasha than those other two guys. No, I feel that. And maybe I'm, I know we've talked a lot about the Western Conference and how loaded it is, and maybe I'm not giving... Harrison Barnes and Herter enough credit yeah. and and just the the roster in general because I mean what the biggest difference between last season and this season is you'll have a full season of Kyrie and Luka who nobody's really talking about anyway right. you have Bradley Beal who has joined the Suns yep. and no Dame in Portland but they weren't doing anything so besides that this is still the same team yep. who we believe has actually improved yep. going up against the same teams besides the Suns with the addition of Bradley Beal. And if the Clippers can stay healthy, and we've been Big saying if. that if for it feels like the last four or five years. Yes. So I don't think you should be worried. But at the same time, if you're not getting better, you are getting worse. Yeah. And when I look at the Harrison Barnes of the world and the Herders of the world, De'Aaron Fox, the, the the one thing I will say about the Kings is they're not sneaking up on anybody this year. And mm-hmm. as cliche as that sounds, it's the truth. Yeah. Because once you want, you want respect, but once you get respect, you gotta you gotta react yeah, to it. Yeah. And we talk about sophomore slumps as individual players, but what about sophomore slumps as teams mm-hmm. as well? Now the Grizzlies will be out. Well, they'll be, they don't have job for 25. So not to be disrespectful, but yeah. they won't have job for 25. Right. So they probably won't be as good. But when you look at the Kings, I don't know if, I don't know if teams are going to have the Kings circled, but they're not sneaking up on anybody. Yeah. So you have to be prepared for that. And again, defensively, right, for the Kings, and we know what, statistically the best offense in the history, history of the league. History of the NBA, yeah, most efficient. So that is something to take it back to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge, I did shows on shows and shows about getting Aaron Judge. And did I want Aaron Judge on the Giants? Of course I did. But I also thought about this. Aaron Judge has had the best year of his career. Mm-hmm. What are the chances that he does that he again? Does it again, right? Right, and specifically yeah. as he gets older. And right. this year, he didn't do it. He did right. Not. I got the I got the prize picks to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> he did not do it this year. All right. So you have the Kings who played out of their mind last season sure. with the defense, incredibly healthy as well, incredibly healthy sure. with a defense that was at the bottom of the barrel, pretty much. Yeah. So now you, unless your defense is going to improve, which whether preseason or not, we have no reason to believe that. Mm-hmm. You have to replicate, hopefully, that health the same and the offensive offense. yeah. efficiency. Yeah. That's a lot, man. Yeah. No, and that's why guys like John Hollinger, I mean, that's why there's so much fluidity to where the Kings are going to stand in the rankings. I mean, there's some guys like Michael Wilbon who think the Kings are only going to grow upon what they did last year, and they were ridiculously efficient last year on offense, and what did they do but add another shooter in Duarte and another potential offensive weapon in Sasha Vazankov. So Mm -hmm. there's there's an argument for them reaching a whole nother level that we didn't think possible, but there's also – 
the John Hollinger side of the Kings, everything you just listed out. Yeah. They had almost, a, you know, there's seasons from hell that you could argue the Warriors had with the punch and Draymond missing games, Wiggins missing games, Steph missed half the games. That's a season from hell. You can argue the Kings had a season from heaven or yes. season from the gods, whatever you want to say. You can argue last year, like you're saying, is the best case possible scenario for the Kings and you could see a, a just a natural regression and what how far that regression is I think is where a lot of people are, are torn right now will it be De'Aaron's not going to be that clutch ever again he was ridiculously efficient at the rim like 60 percent like things that only centers do at right. the rim will he continue to be that efficient will the Kings be that healthy and I think those are all very fair questions and I, I think the only answer that I can have as a as a somebody who believes in this Kings team is you just kind of have to have faith. Like yeah. it really is kind of that simple that you just you have to b- truly believe that what you saw last year was legitimate and they might take a step a little bit of a step back on offense, but you just got to hope that that defensive intensity brings them from it's okay if they go from 1 to 4 on offense. If they go from 24 to 18 on defense or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and look. That's a big risk. Too. I mean, that's a big if. Right. There's right. no reason to say besides just they're going to care more that they're going to get that much better on defense. Yeah, but the defense, again, as long as the offense doesn't drop off a cliff. Right. And if, if Zinkoff, it, you have you have an opportunity to be better. As yeah. crazy as it sounds, you'll have an opportunity to be worse. So that's yeah. what's going to be tough about it. The defense, I think they will be a little bit better. I just gotta believe. I believe in. I believe in De'Aaron Fox and Mike Brown yes. more than I believe in any X's and O's or anything else like that. And yeah. I believe in their wanting to compete. Yeah. So that that's what I believe in. All right, we got to get to a break. When we get back, there's a game tonight. There are a couple guys we could circle, even though everybody's gonna quote unquote play. Yeah. A couple guys we could circle to maybe work on some things in this last <laughs> dress rehearsal. We'll yeah. talk about it and more when we get back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Your flagship station for the beam team, Sacktown Sports. We're back, Sacktown Sports, Styles and Watkins, talking preseason games and dress rehearsals as we are in the middle of our dress rehearsal, getting ready for the official launch of Styles and Watkins, October 26th. That'll be a day after the Kings probably beat the Jazz like their first beam and getting you ready for Friday when they come yes, back sir. to Sacktown oh, to light that beam against the team that they lost to mm. last night. But we're not going to talk about that. Let's we're actually going to talk about the team that they will be playing to start the season, mm-hmm. but in preseason form as they face the Jazz, those pesky Jazz with Markinen and, yep. and Sexton and the whole crew. Whenever I think of Colin Sexton, I just think of that that clip of the guy staring at him on the free throw line. <laughs> yeah. And he stares right when back at him. When he was in high school? When he was yes. in high school. Oh I, that's the God. only thing I think of when I think of You're Colin You're going to have to send me that. I don't know that You haven't one. seen oh that? My oh, goodness. my goodness. It's great. It's you great. You about Young Bull? I mean, oh at that gosh. point, I thought – that guy is not just going to the league. He's going to be a dude. Oh, no. I thought he was going to be, like, one of the best. I thought he was going to be, like, Gary Payton 2.0, where oh, yeah. it's just like, this oh, guy yeah. is living rent-free in people's heads on the daily. Right. And uh, didn't quite turn out. The before. only memory I have for him, who was the player who, it was his first game, and he, like, slapped the floor oh, on defense? Yeah. Yeah. God, I, some star player. Hop in, hop in the YouTube chat or text line or call in 916-339-1140. I, haven't, I don't have... My kid isn't old enough to to 
to play organized basketball yet. Are kids still slapping the floor? I don't think they do it in college no, anymore. Not unless you go to Duke. I don't even think Duke's doing it anymore. I don't think so, no. Slapping the floors out. I usually see arrogant high school kids slap the floor. That's kind of the one thing I think of. No one's really doing it serious. I've, actually, Jimmy Butler did it a year ago or so. But he Jimmy's did do a it troll. A year ago. Yeah. It feels like nobody does it because everybody knows that if you do it and then immediately get toasted <laughs> on that same possession, it's just, it's like you can't have no, a worse No, just sub, look. sub, yeah. sub. The problem is you slap the floor and yeah. then you get into like the most fierce, strong right. defensive yeah. position possible. Yeah. yeah. And then if you just get blown by, it's like. No, if you uh, get cooked after slapping the floor. Yeah. I, we got to switch. Hey, no. man, you want to switch? Yeah, exactly. You switch it's off? like, hey, bro. You want to switch off? That. So we don't know if there's going to be any switching tonight as far as the starting lineup because Mike Brown says that everybody's a go, right? Green light for everyone. Allegedly. Allegedly. But it's back-to-back, your last preseason game. You're so close to the real deal. I would like to think that it won't look like last night. I would hope. Right? Well, let, let's, let's just assume last night was just a little bit different. So who are some guys that you think we should keep an eye on in terms of, hey, this could be an opportunity yeah. for you to try to get going here and show mm-hmm. Coach Brown some things before the season really starts? Yeah, I mean, first things first, we got to start with the guy that we kind of were talking about a lot uh, last last segment and have been a lot this show is Kevin Herter. I mean, he's got to put something positive on tape, I think. Right. If, if not for the fact that his job is maybe potentially on the line in mm-hmm. that starting lineup, but at least – for the mental side of things. Again, he hasn't really played good basketball yeah. in in a while now. And so it's it's just you got to get some positive energy, some positive feeling heading into the regular season. The last thing you want is for him to almost put too much pressure on the beginning of the regular season and say, right. I really need to come out shooting because there is this, posi- this question. Exactly. You don't want that. And I think – I think he's he's a clear and obvious one, and and you know you'd like to see Keegan continue to not just show that last night was you know a, a preview. You mm-hmm. want to show that that's the real thing that he's about. Um, and you know I I think Davion as well. No matter what Mike Brown said yesterday, I just I have a really tough time believing that in a preseason back to back game mm-hmm. he's going to make all of his starters available. Why? Why? It's a it's right before it's a week before the season starts. Mm-hmm. You want to be as healthy as possible. Give Davion Mitchell thirty five minutes, and let's see what that offense can really look like if he's running the show. Because you never know, you never know. when De'Aaron Fox is going to be out and when Davion's going to have to be asked to step up. I'd love to know if Davion's offense is really legitimate enough. We saw him get hot for five minutes yesterday and get fourteen points. What happens if he plays 36? Is he capable of being a 20, 18 to 20 point scorer if he's going to be getting some starter minutes? I think that's really valuable information to know. Yeah, and as we continue with the theme of, of this show in terms of depth, right, you look around the league and there are a lot of really good backup point guards, right? Because yes. just throughout the course of the season and other types of things that may happen, you need to have somebody that can keep the ship afloat. And that is a question that we're still trying to figure out with Davion. Speaking of Davion, Coach Brown had some things to say about his performance. I, I thought he shot the ball uh, really, really well. Uh, he took even the even late in the game. He had uh, that, that corner three that he took. Uh, I thought it was going in. It was the right shot, and he had he hit four in the first half. You know, um, I thought uh, uh, you know we were going to continue to push him and ask him to pick up. You know, put ball, you know, get into the ball, 
pick up full court sometimes to try to change the take uh, the, the the flow of the game because he's got a superpower that not many guys in this league have where he can get up into the ball. Um, and then uh, you know I thought uh, he did a pretty good job of running the offense. So um, decent out from from Davion tonight. Yeah, got the yeah. decent. Well, look, he was cooking, right? You he were was. listening yes. on the radio, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was okay, Davion. This is what we need to see from you. Yeah. And I don't know what's fair or unfair in terms of consistency. You're not going to make right. every single <laughs> shot, but I think what I'm seeing from Davion, which I would like to see, I would like to see more of this, which I'm not seeing from. What I'm seeing from Davion is the ability to make shots, mm-hmm. right? But that's Davion as kind of a catch-and-shoot guy, yes. yeah, which yeah. I don't really know if that's – you need to make open shots. Yes. And it really depends on who Coach Brown wants to play him with because, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're with De'Aaron Fox, you're not going to be handling the ball. But right. if you want to know what he looks like as a pure backup point guard and initiating yes. the offense and getting his own shot, I would love to see today or tonight the, his ability to get his yes. own shot and call his own number and put some pressure on the defense. Look, man – if Moses Moody can put pressure That's on the defense and pull out Sabonis yeah. and do no look passes, Davion, look, look, look over there. You know, it's it's like when you got you, you your little nephew and somebody else is balling, and you're saying, "Well, why don't why can't you do that? Yeah. Why can't you ball like that?" Right. So I, I would love to see Davion be able to show that he can initiate the offense yeah. on his own because you're not a ca- yeah. Do we need you to make open shots? Yes. Yes. But we want to see if you can initiate the offense yes. and do different things within the offense and put pre- we know that you can put pressure on the offense when you're on defense yeah. can you put pressure on the defense when you're on offense yes because the kings need a backup playmaker they desperately do i mean malik is is the guy who pretty much runs the show when De'Aaron's not on the floor mm-hmm. and that's fine he can do it right. but malik also has moments where he gets a little Malik Monkish and and he's you know, he'll do some questionable things, he'll throw some questionable lobs, he'll yeah. attack the rim at questionable times and throw up some questionable finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh and that'd be nice to have Davion as the backup point guard, as a guy who's six foot maybe on right. a good day. Right. Like you kind of can't be a spot up shooter. Like you need to be able to facilitate the offense. Mm-hmm. And we've got to see more of that. We've got to see him, like you're saying, be able to to be a backup playmaker when De'Aaron's not on the floor because not only do we just need that, we need that role filled, but again, if De'Aaron has to miss time, they need someone out there who can facilitate. It can't just be, okay, Sabonis is now our pretty much de facto point guard. They need somebody else or else, I hate to say it, and I've been saying it for a year, if Davion's offense doesn't improve, they're going to have to look at a different option at backup point guard because, yes, it's great that Davion plays defense the way he does, mm-hmm. but this team needs other things as well. And if it's not – if if defense isn't going to be in their identity anyway, it's much like what I say about JaVale McGee. You can have that, that one guy who can play defense. Mm-hmm. It's not going to solve everything. It looks a lot better when he's the head of the snake of a good defensive unit, but if he's the only one out there playing defense – you can you can just lean into some other things. I just I don't know how valuable it is to have that guy as a defender when realistically again when you look at Davion's frame, he can really only guard point guards and on the offensive right. end can really only play the point guard position. I just think you can get a a different guy in there who's a little bit more versatile. As we continue to get you ready, get you set for the regular season of the Kings and the regular season of our new show Styles and Watkins you know we're going to we're working with 
we're working with the rest of the company. We're trying to work on some things, <laughs> and we really want to get some some Kings people in here because yes. my question is this. If I'm De'Aaron Fox, I would look at Davion Mitchell and say, hey, I need to be able to do at, le- at least some of what you do. And if I'm looking at Davion, I'm yeah. looking at De'Aaron saying, I need to be able to do a little bit of what you do. Right. I would love to take the temperature on, do they work together? What type of relationship do they have? Because yeah. if one of if both of them could just take a little bit from each other, now you're really Great cooking point. here. You know, get yeah. some floaters going. If you're Davion, uh, get that 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 mid-range, that midi going. Use that speed. That's what I'm saying. If you Davion's just, quick, if, man. If Davion used the speed on offense, yeah. and De'Aaron used the speed on defense. <laughs> what is the problem? What are we missing here? All right? We are so close. Don't worry. Keep listening yeah. to Styles and Watkins. We're going to call some people. We know yeah. some people yes. within the company. We know some people within the organization. This is the flagship, after all, and we're going to make Stop it happen. Dead. Let's not forget. All right, we got to get to a break. When we get back, continuing to break down what you want to see from the game tonight, 916-339-1140. What do you want to see from the game tonight? Keep rocking with us on the YouTube chat and the text line. All that and more when we get back, Sacktown Sports. Your new home for 49ers football in the 916 Sacktown Sports. We're back. Sacktown Sports, Styles and Watkins. Talking all things Kings basketball as they lose to the Golden State Warriors by 1.116 to 115 in a game that as much as Chris Watkins doesn't want to admit, did not feel like a preseason game to me. It did not feel like it to me. Did I mean, not feel like it to Bleacher Report. Did not feel like it to Sports <laughs> Center. Did not feel like it to ESPN. Or House of Highlights. Did not feel like it to House of Highlights. Did not feel like it to Overtime. Nope. But it felt like World it. Worldwide Wob. All the, clutch the, points. Clutch points. Clutch points. Did not feel like it to any of them, but felt like it to Chris Watkins. But we turn yeah. the page. Yeah. We turn the Please. page now to the Utah Jazz in a, I'm sure what all teams love, a preseason back-to-back. And we discuss what you want to see from the game tonight, mm-hmm. assuming the starters do not play as much as they did yesterday in that right. simple preseason game that didn't mean anything else. Didn't mean a single thing. Didn't mean a single thing. Not even a little bit. What are you looking for? What do you want to see? We've already discussed we've already discussed Davion Mitchell and what you could see from him. A little bit about Kevin Herter. You know, I would even put Malik Monk in that category because he's a guy who we know what he can do and we've kind of put him in the category of a starter but the starters have all had moments. Right. We we know that they're not necessarily putting their foot fully on the gas, but you look up and you see Sabonis with some good numbers. You right. look up and you see De'Aaron taking over. As far as Malik Monk is concerned, we haven't really seen a no. Malik Monk explosion that mm-hmm. we saw to end last season. So I'd like to see that. I would too. I mean, it'd be nice, especially, yeah, if the starters aren't going to get a lot of minutes, maybe maybe Malik can, again, get more into that 30-minute range and, and we can see the explosive scoring because – that scoring is like it it's really big for the Kings as well. Even though they have depth, even though they have tons of shooters, it does feel like if they don't have that that Malik Monk pop off the bench. Now it doesn't have to be 15 to 20 points every single night, but if you don't come in or if Malik doesn't come into the game and you feel his presence at any point, 
those are going to be tough games for the Kings to win. I, I just think in general, they rely on the energy that Malik brings, not only, you know, on the floor, but as a person as well to kind of get them going and, and keep the momentum going or to, to turn things around. A lot of the time last year, the starters would kind of get off to a slow start and then Malik would come in and then the puzzle would kind of start to fit together a lot right. easier. I, I agree. I, I would love to see a little bit out of Malik Monk, but I could also see Malik being one of those guys who, hey, man, just wake me up when the lights are that, the that, brightest, That's please. what it feels yeah. like, right? Which was a little surprising that I didn't see that last night because it was the Warriors, yeah, right. right? And the Warriors started to kind of make it feel... Look, a it, regular it, season. Yeah, yeah. It, it meant something to them. Yeah. 916-339-1140. Call line and text line. And on the text line, as we speak about Davion Mitchell and did in the last segment, the 530 chiming in, how would you compare Davion Mitchell when the Kings had Bobby Jackson? No one was calling for a different player than Bobby as the backup. Yeah, that's interesting. I think just as like a, a blanket statement, like I would say Bobby Jackson was just a, a better overall player than mm. than Davion is. I mean, Bobby was a guy who won sixth man of the year. And yeah. I don't think Davion's no disrespect to Davion, but he just hasn't even been anywhere near that conversation. And of course, Davion's only in entering your four now. So there's still some time, but you know, what, what Bobby brought was more so, I would say if you're going to compare anyone to Bobby Jackson, it's a lot more Malik Monk. Like yeah. Bobby Jackson was coming in, he was coming in to score. He mm -hmm. wasn't coming in to be a facilitator or really to do much else besides be a big scoring pop off the mm -hmm. bench. And, and he was that and more. I mean, he, he was somebody who a lot of people would talk about as a starter, much like, again, like you, you mentioned with Malik Monk. I think the thing that makes Davion different is – what he's asked to do. Davion's a lot more of a defensive guy. And mm -hmm. if he can bring you offense, that's a massive, massive positive. And with Bobby, the the defensive end of the floor didn't matter because every single night right. he was just getting buckets. And, yeah. and it's that reliability where you could say Davion could be the defensive version of Bobby Jackson. But frankly, I mean, it's just Davion doesn't have a I'm not saying he doesn't play defense every night, but the impact isn't felt that same way on defense every single night. It's a, it's pretty specific, and we've used the GP2 comparison yes. before, yeah, yeah. and we'll use it again because GP2 a couple years ago when it was Ja Morant, yep. right? Okay, well, GP2, you lock up. If there is a specific guard, and yep. a lot of these teams, sure, yep. they do have they do have – elite guard play but you also have De'Aaron Fox who wants to prove that he can do it too right right and you're not going to be playing alongside De'Aaron Fox that often right. you're just supposed to back him up so that's what we've talked about with GP2 undrafted all these types of things he's just trying to get in where he fits in and he's kind of found a niche Davion look whether he was supposed to get drafted that high or not he right. was if you want to put him into that category cool Last time I checked, GP2 is not a backup point guard. You know what I mean? He's not even a guard, no, no. right? He's a, a a small big man, yeah, and you have much, the yeah. biggest, the, the the biggest, the smallest big man in in the I world in the league, him, yeah. right? So you have a guy in Davion who is a guard, and when you compare him, I think the the thing we should just do is compare him to other backup point guards and what mm -hmm. they're bringing to the table. And a right. lot of these guys, I mean, you know, even that we've talked about earlier in the in the show, you would think I might want X or Y instead of Davion and Davion does have that ability to lock dudes down. But if there's a situation where De'Aaron Fox is again, is not a, a 
traffic cone. No. De'Aaron Fox is respectable on defense. A lot of times it's just the effort. So mm-hmm. if he's trying to up his game, and and now during the end of the game, if I think that's the question. During the closing lineup, yeah. Davion, are you serviceable enough to where, okay, De'Aaron's starting to get going here offensively. We need to switch and put you on their baller point guard or mm-hmm. baller guard so De'Aaron can do his thing offensively. Right. But if they double him, if they do this, if they do that – can we trust you enough to knock something down? Right. That is what that is basically they're different versions of what Davion is going to be asked to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he, you you said it beautifully there. I mean, for the most part, and the thing that's going to get him on that floor mm-hmm. in those closing minutes and keep him on the floor is hitting that shot. He's yeah. got he has that's what makes it so important. And I that's hate why to do it too. Everything with Davion is kind of it's it's we know what he is. It just comes down to if he can be this thing on if he can just be a not everyone's going to hit every single clutch three that mm-hmm. you can but can when you shoot it it's almost like a a just a human thing something that numbers can't even really qualify yeah when the shot goes up is it one of those like you said where the team where the other team is leaving him and saying we'll live with that shot right when when he shoots it are his teammates believing that yeah. that's going to go in is Mike Brown truly believing that that shot's going to go in I think he was yesterday because yeah. Davion was four or five from three leading into that shot but mm-hmm. if Davion's one of three in the entirety of the game and then there's four minutes to go do you trust him like that's that's not something numbers can tell you that's got to be on Mike Brown to feel do you feel confident enough in Davion's shot and that's why it's that's why we're hyper focusing on every time Davion Mitchell shoots the ball, it's got to look good and it's got to go in for the most. I mean, obviously you can't. Yeah. Shoot, I don't expect him to be a forty-five percent three-point shooter, but again, much like we're talking about with De'Aaron, can he be thirty-eight? Can he be thirty-seven percent to where it feels like you're at least having a, a league average chance of going in, and then you're such a plus on defense? Well, and I think that is what is going to be tough for. For Davion, because you got a Duarte now. Yes, and, and, and there's so many other options. Yeah. So that that you got Colby Jones, who I wouldn't Colby, put yeah. I wouldn't put him over Davion no, but, yet. But Duarte, I think, is something that you need to keep an eye on because there's yes. only so many minutes to go around. All right, as we continue to profile this last preseason game, we've gone over a couple, but we have one, the most interesting man on the team. Uh-oh. Some some fans favorite already what's he gonna do tonight and what do you want to see from this king's player that and more when we get back styles and watkins sacktown sports live and local 6 a.m to 6 p.m monday through friday sacktown sports we are back sacktown sports styles and watkins preseason show number one of two we will be back with you tomorrow on a fun Friday, Friday, fun day, as we get you ready today, as we do for Kings Jazz, Mm. their last preseason matchup in a back-to-back, and we discuss who... You want to see go off tonight. Yeah. Let's yeah. Just, who, who needs to go off? We should call this segment Go Off King. Yes, Go Off King. <laughs> go Off King. And we're going to talk about one of the most intriguing kings yeah. that has captivated Sacramento Kings audiences all around the globe. Yes, sir. And it's been a bit of a dud so far. No disrespect <laughs> whatsoever. Sasha Vizenkov. Yeah. 
It's been uh it's been a slow start to Sasha's preseason career so far and should be mentioned it is preseason. So it, now is the time to get these lumps out, but through four preseason games so far, Sasha 5.2 points, 3.8 rebounds, half of half in assist per game, shooting 33% from the field, 21% from 3. Just 21%. 21% from three. 21. Can you do something can for you me? Please do something. Can for you me? make a three for can me? Can you make a three? Because that would be great. <laughs> uh and like it's 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 been tough. It's been really tough to see because we knew the defense was going to be a work in progress, mm-hmm. and that's been about as advertised. I, th- I think Mike Brown was kind to say after his first preseason preseason game that his defense was at best okay. Mm. Um I think that that is very telling to where the floor of Sasha's defense is and where they hope it can hopefully one day be is just okay or decent or average or didn't kill us. The problem is if he's not performing on offense, then there is literally no reason to have him out there. And it's going to be interesting to see how long of a process this is going to be where, you know, games aren't everything, especially when it comes to playing time. Practice does matter how he's looked in training camp and how he's looked in these practices leading into these games definitely is going to play an effect as to how Mike Brown is feeling in terms of his comfort level of putting Sasha out there. But what we've seen in game once, once the regular season starts performance in game will matter. And, and he cannot perform like this. He's got to be at the very least, even if he's not putting up a ton of points, the percentages have to be way, way higher. than. Yeah. And I don't want to do too much too soon. But I guess the question is, if you are talking to somebody who doesn't really follow basketball, mm-hmm. right, and you said, okay, you have a team, right, not even the Kings, this person doesn't know teams, so you have a team that was the best offensive team in the history of the league, but was atrocious defensively. Mm-hmm. So you decide to bring in another, you didn't really lose anybody, no. right, you're hoping that your rookie gets even better. Yep. And you decide to bring in an international player that is at best really good on offense and decent at defense, but long story short, isn't going to make you better defensively. Yep. Could you understand why somebody who doesn't follow the sport at all would think that doesn't make a ton of sense? Yes, definitely. If yeah, especially yeah, if if if, if you have to further explain why right, it makes sense, right. then that probably should just as a general like it probably doesn't make yeah. sense on the surface. And I I definitely get that because it's like, well, wouldn't you want to improve that? It seems like you're taking care of on that on the offensive yeah. end. Wouldn't you want to address a little bit more of that defense? And that's absolutely a very very fair I don't know if you would call it a criticism, but it's a very fair statement to make mm-hmm. for sure. Because, and I, I think that that's that could end up being the 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 reason why the Kings maybe don't progress as far mm-hmm. in the playoffs as what people are hoping or what they did last year, even because the def- defense does matter. And there is an argument to uh, something you know Brendan Nunez was really big on last year that we would talk about is you know at what point is it that you don't you no longer try and get better at what you're bad at. You just lean into what you're really good Mm. at. And I think that might be what the Kings are going to try and do this year, especially when you just look at, again, like you mentioned, the personnel that they brought in. I would say Duarte is at, 
is probably the best defensive prospect they brought in. And yeah. even then, he doesn't really, you know, his numbers and in his past performance in the NBA doesn't show, oh, yeah, that's like a Locked that's a down. defensive stopper yeah, that you're getting yeah. and somebody who can shoot. It's more his shooting ability, and he's not a complete liability on defense. So I would say to further explain for why Sasha mm-hmm. would make sense is, okay, you have this all-time great offense. Now imagine if you can make it even better right. by just – bringing in a guy who's low maintenance, doesn't need the ball in his hand. It's just another – it's just depth. That's really all mm-hmm. it is to, to bring back that conversation. It's just more depth and more options that you can go to as a shooter and a, a guy who's got size on top of that as well. So it doesn't make sense for the defensive angle. You're, ne- you're never going to be able to explain how the Kings are going to get de- better by defense besides faith. Um, right. But at the very least, you can say they're trying to e- be even more insane at the thing that they were already ridiculously good at. Yeah, I get that. I and get I don't, that. I, I, there's no track record to say that, that that's the right way of approaching it. Right. Well, if it doesn't hit, yeah, it, it looks a little ridiculous. Yes, it does. Right? And Mike Brown in the front office would have to really answer some questions mm-hmm. about that that decision. Look, Mike Brown, we we – We've said it at nauseum. We know he was the defensive guy with the Warriors, the defensive coordinator. Yep. I feel like just as much as that faith that you're talking about, it has to be faith in him. Yeah. Right? You mm-hmm. have to believe that if he could turn, you know, the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors personnel defensively, you had KD, who's really good. Yeah. You had Clay pre-injury, mm-hmm. who's really good. But you had some spots that you needed to make up for as well. Oh, yeah, Draymond. I'm not going to forget Draymond. So you bad. obviously had better initial personnel, but your ability, I think that's the thing. We're not asking you to be the Niners right. of, yes. of the NBA. <laughs> We're asking you to be middle of the road yeah. and let your offense carry you. You can't just trade buckets all day and all night. Right. Can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. Feels like that's what they're going to try and do, though. And, I mean, I, I don't love it. I didn't love the style of play. I don't think that it's conducive for winning the big one. Mm-hmm. I think that you're right. Like, I, to me, that's, that's going to be the biggest conversation with the Kings moving forward is just how close – they can get to middle of the road defensively. Mm-hmm. No one is saying they have to set the world on fire. No one's saying they got to keep every team under 100 points. They just need to be okay on most nights and keep teams around 110 to 115 because that offense should be capable. They should be like the Niners on offense where, you know, until last week, the Niners are putting up 30 every single week. I would expect the Kings on most nights to put up anywhere near 120 points. So mm-hmm. when you know that the the game essentially start like it's first one to 120, if you can routinely hold guys under that ridiculous number, you're going to win more times than not. And that's what it's about. Again, not being great defensively, mm-hmm. but the name of the game is just score more points than you allow the other team to score. Right. And so just play good enough defense for a quarter, a half, you don't have to do it for 48 full minutes, though Mike Brown would love it. Just show some sort of defensive effort for any elongated portion of the game, and you're going to win most nights easy. Yeah. Easy most nights. Easy, because not many other teams have that firepower, no. even in a Western Conference 